Slovenia is a little country at the south edge of the Alps. If you remember Yugoslavia, Slovenia was the northern part of that country, the country that rubbed up against the Alps. It borders Austria, and it's got a tiny bit of Mediterranean Riviera. It's got romantic lakes, famous caves, plenty of fun for a nature lover. We're joined now by two Slovenians, two guides from Ljubljana, two guides from Slovenia, Tina Hiti and Sasho Golub. Tina and Sasho, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. So a lot of people go to your corner of Europe for the history and the art and the culture, but there's so much in Slovenia that is natural, the natural Mm -hmm. wonders. Talk a little bit about uh, what are the uh, attractions for a visitor to your country, Tina? Well, I would definitely say nature. It's one of the greenest countries of Europe. We have over 58% of the country still forested, and it's one of the most environmentally friendly countries. Um, It has the Alps. It has the bit of the Adriatic. It has the very rich underground world with over 10,000 caves. And there's bees everywhere. Bees everywhere? Yes. Now, the bees are probably enjoying the nature, just like a lot of the Slovenes. And beekeeping is actually a big thing. Um, There's 90,000 beekeepers in a country of 2 million people. 90,000 beekeepers. Yes. And there's some culture there, too, because you've got yes. these historic beehives. I've got one hanging on my wall. Is a yes. historic uh, painting, it's, which is a, like a folk legend mm-hmm. on the front wall yes. of a beehive. Yes. Yep. So, Sasho, as a traveler enjoying some little village or some hike and you come upon a, a, a beekeeper's, uh, what, what could you experience as a traveler in Slovenia could, with bees? You could first talk about the ethnography, the history. When you look at the painted beehive panels, uh-huh. they tell a lot of stories. Some of them are realistic. Some of them just a little bit of our sense of humor, let's call it. The sort of Slovenian humor. What, it is. What might, what's a, a funny panel you mm, might a see? A funny panel that is a little bit chauvinistic, but it's present is... Um, this is before Me Too. This is, be- yes, <laughs> this is way before Me Too. <laughs> 200 uh, years before Me yeah. Too. It is, um, there's a husband carrying his old wife in a woven basket on his back, uh-huh. and he's carrying her to a mill, and she would be dropped into the mill, and a new, young, fresh wife comes out the other end. Okay. They don't exist anymore, but... That would be before me, too. <laughs> that would be before, yeah. <laughs> okay. But there's all sorts, and, and honey is something that's honey very is important. A big it's like deal. medicinal. It's, it's very medicinal. Um, and it was important before there was sugar. Absolutely. I mean, it was it, before sugar came to our neck of the woods, honey was. So, so you're very likely to stumble onto beehive culture. You're also very likely to come upon some beautiful lakes. Mm-hmm. Sasha, what's a, what's a, uh, we have a couple of famous lakes to I see. I would say the two most famous ones are Lake Bochin and Lake uh-huh. Blit. Uh huh. Those are also the ones that are most visited. Um, if you see one photograph of Slovenia, it's probably going to be Lake Bled, Lake Bled with the likely. island yes. and the church on the and island. And the castle in and the, the background. Yes, it. yeah, that would be sort of an iconic view of, of Slovenia, absolutely. So a visitor will see the capital, Ljubljana, mm-hmm. and then they'll go to Lake Bled, yeah. and they'll get on one of the traditional boats. Describe those boats. You would take, um, so going to the only Slovenian island, which sits on a lake, you would take uh, what we call a Pletna boat, one of the few traditions back home that are still being transferred from father to son. And this goes way back in the time of Maria Teresa. So, so it's, there's it's only so old, many licensed Pletna if captains. If I'm not mistaken, there's 22 of them at the moment. Okay. And it's a what we call a house right. So it's given to a house address. Mm-hmm. You simply cannot have a boat on the lake. Not You're not able to have a Pletna boat on the lake if you don't belong to that household. And I had to negotiate with those guys, with my TV crew, when we were there. Because, you know, they they know the TV crew wants to get the Pletna boat mm-hmm. going out to the island mm-hmm. or the church. 
I wonder how the negotiation was. Well, they seem to be quite tough. They're tough. They're tough. They know how to negotiate. <laughs> but you got to do it, and they know that. Yeah. And, and uh, Tina, when you get to the island, there's a famous tradition for people who are married, newly married. Well, just before they get married, the groom, the future groom, needs to carry the bride up 99 stairs. They believe if they are successful with carrying the wife up, the marriage will be done well. If not, it's better to run away when you still have time. <laughs> when you still have time. Yeah. And when you get to that church on top of the yeah. little hill on the island. And, of course, you have to go in. It's a beautiful scene. It's a beautiful and scene. And you ring the bell of wishes as well, which brings luck and love, and it brings also children. So there's a rope hanging through the ceiling. Yes. And you can pull that yes. for, for luck and for children. If you're not getting married, you can walk around the lake. That's a nice hike. Yeah, it's a nice hike. Locals, we still do it almost Three, four times a week. Right. And 14 takes, kilometers or something? No, it's Ten, only six, about only six, six, six kilometers. kilometers. Okay, and so it takes about an hour so. for locals. And oh. it takes about two to tourists because they take pictures. We don't anymore. That's right. And you find a little <laughs> resort. There's kind of a resort on the lake. Yeah. My memory of the resort is everybody sitting there enjoying the view, eating your famous cream cake. Oh, the cream schnitta. Of course, yeah. you have to eat the cream cake. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. The cream cake. That goes back to, like, Grandma's favorite mm, dessert or that something. That one actually goes back to Tito's days. Tito's days. Um, right. And he was the one who introduced it because he wanted to serve it to the people who came on an official visit. He didn't want to repeat after the Brits. Tito was the, yeah. like, famously the... The most Yugoslavian person, the one yes. person that could rive above all the little differences in this country of eight or ten ethnic regions yes. together. And uh, he, uh, the communist mm -hmm. ruler that really brought Yugoslavia together, he has a, a former mansion on the lake, so he must have enjoyed Lake Bled. He really enjoyed it because he was an avid hunter, so there's a lot of forests all around, and he always came just because he enjoyed also being in the company of many Slovenians. He liked to brag a little bit about how well he's doing, with the beauty of Lake Blade, it was just a common place to bring his visitors over there and see. Did say. he like Slovenians? He really liked Slovenians, yeah. Why, because why would he like um, Slovenians? I would say of all the former republics that yeah. were belonging to Yugoslavia, right. we were the ones who were very much in character, like Germanic, very hardworking, okay. very punctual, and he liked that. So that was a self-respecting yes. Yugoslav, yes. was the Slovenian. Because you were more Germanic, you're, yeah, you're we're, the North. we're really, and we, many people who come to Slovenia say, oh my God, this is like Germany, Austria, or Switzerland. Like, to me, you're like Austria, but yeah. speaking a Slavic language yes. and no Mozart. Yeah. That's right. I think we're a bit more chill than the Austrians, but... Okay, we yeah. can talk about that. <laughs> There's a little bit of rivalry over there. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, Salzburg and Ljubljana are, are just, to me, like sister cities. Yes. They're quite easy to visit from each yeah. other. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about nature in Slovenia, and we're joined by tour guides Tina Hiti and Sasho Gulub. Our phone number is 877-333-7425, and Martina's calling in from Atlanta. Martina, thanks for the call. Hi, Rick. I'm so glad to speak with you. I uh, spoke with Tina, actually, before my uh, trip to Slovenia, I guess about a year ago, and we talked about driving into the Julian Alps. I love the mountains. It didn't go as planned, but um, something else really fun happened. Um, I heard you speak about uh, Lake Bohin, and of course, we saw Lake Bled, but we sort of stumbled upon Lake Bohin, and I loved it because it didn't feel as touristy as Lake Bled. Lake Bled was great. We did the boats. We hung out at a um, dock and swam, but it was really, really crowded. Mm -hmm. uh, Lake Bohin was not. It was just it felt unspoiled. We were on a beach 
um, Rocky Beach, and maybe there were um, five or six uh, groups picnicking, but it was, Mm -hmm. I really felt like it was ours to explore. And we also stumbled upon a cable car. I always like getting up high. This cable car, Vogel cable car, it was called, took us way up to the top of the mountain. And again, just gorgeous views. We hung around up at the top and then just hiked down. And I mean, it was really unexpected and so beautiful. You know, uh, Martina, just so our listeners know for sure, we're talking about Lake Bohin, and that's B-O-H-I-N-J. Is that right, Tina? Yes, that's correct. It's Bohin. And uh, there's two famous lakes, Lake Bled, B-L-E-D, uh, the past tense of bleed, and that would be where all the tourists are. <laughs> and then Lake Bohin, it feels yeah. to me like a national park where there's very little commerce. It's mm-hmm. just yes. hikers and people in, enjoying the, the natural setting. And it sounds like, Martina, you enjoyed uh, just hanging out at the lake. I really, really did. It was just pristine and, as you say, not as, as tourists did as Lake Bled. Although Lake Bled... Marks. I mean, you got to. Oh yeah, see you got to see that. But I, I think you're right. Lake Bohin kind of caps it off. Thanks for your call, Martina. Sure. Bye. Bye. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about nature in Slovenia with Tina and Sasho. And Tina, when we think about nature, I just always think of uh, of people in Slavic Europe enjoying hiking and picking wildflowers and harvesting mushrooms and uh, yeah. you know mountain herbs. What what might you find in Slovenia that way? Yeah, if you're going to Slovenia, it depends a little bit on what season, what month of the year you're coming. So early spring, you start picking up the flowers. This is what locals do all the time. And we dry them and we use them for teas. And usually that procedure goes from about early April till the end of July. That's for the mountain flowers. Then usually all of September, it's the mushroom picking season. Uh And this is something that it's... It's just insane if you don't know about it because there's family members that are actually competing among each other, how many porcini mushrooms they took from the forests. We don't have real limits yet, but it's an incredible experience, you know, when you go and walk through the forest and then... So this is a family excursion, you go with the kids? Yeah, we go with, with, we go all of us, my mom, my dad, the boys, us too, Mm -hmm. and we all just spread around the forest and then we kind of compete who picks up the most. Oh, that's fun. It's like we did blackberry picking with my family, but we never did mushroom And there's no better thing than you see that head of a porcini stick out of the leaves. It's just such a nice feeling when you see it. You would just scream out your lungs and say, I got it, I got it. Describe that more. Are, are you in a forest? What do you um, see? We're, we're in the forest. So, you know, porcinis are brownish. Yeah. So they're like the leaves. Oh, and yeah. it's so very hard to see yeah, them. They are almost. very camouflaged. It's so like it's, a game for children. It's like a treasure hunt almost. Yeah. And they grow deep by the roots, but still the little head is sticking out. So if you have good eyes, you see it. Usually you bring in a little stick because it's easier to kind of uncover the leaves around. And it's also very important to know what is a good and what is a bad mushroom? Because if you don't know what you're picking, you can literally kill somebody because you can poison them. So you have to be careful with your children. You yeah. absolutely have to be careful. Yeah. They, they always ask, is this the right one? They, they went, they, got, they found it, they're happy. Yeah, the kids and but then yeah. they always ask, just yeah. in case. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> what are your memories of mushrooms and herbs um, and mountain flowers? Well, I have very limited memory about finding mushrooms because I rarely find any. 
My boys are way more <laughs> successful at it. Uh, with herbs, um, Tina is the expert, so I just pick whatever she tells me to pick because it's it's a science on its own as well. You know, you have to know what to pick and when to pick it. Um, I mean, it's being out, being out with the family, really being out with the friends. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, you bring a little something home, which is then a memory of a nice walk in the forest yeah, in the so winter the when you have that cup of tea. The excuse is to be out Absolutely. in the forest yeah. with your yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you're in the Julian Alps, Martina, who called mm-hmm. earlier, was talking about the Julian Alps, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. can stumble on a lot of World War One history up there. The, is the Socha... The Socha front was in the Julian Alps. Explain yeah. what, what was the Socha front. So the Socha front is a conflict between Italy and the Austro-Hungarian Empire. The goal of Italy is to conquer Slovenia and conquer Vienna. But because of their way of command, they got stuck high up in Slovenian Alps. So it's still considered as one of the biggest mountain battles in human history. Uh, we have Ernest Hemingway writing a Farewell to Arms about oh, that So a region. Farewell to Arms by Hemingway was set on the Socha Front? Yes, yes. He was an ambulance driver. He was an ambulance driver for the Italian military. Okay. He was wounded. Uh, but the, it is set in our area. Some but of the villages they still exist. It's hard to imagine that yeah. in World War One, we're talking 1916 or something, mm-hmm. you've got people up on top of the mountain yes. living in the snow, living. in the rocks, yes. way up yeah. there. It's like you had the Western Front where they dug trenches. Here you've got desperate rocks. people parked out on rocks on yeah. top of mountains yeah. in desperate cold. Well, the highest the highest peak that they were fighting on is 2,244 meters above sea level. So that would be 2,200, that'd be, yeah. what, 7,000 feet? A little over 7,000 yeah. feet, 7, yeah. feet, and it's plenty high. Nine meters of snow in the winter. 1916 in, is still considered as the worst winter regarding the amount of snow we got in recorded history, so it was... And finally, when you're in Slovenia, there is a lot of mountains, but there's also a lot of caves. Mm-hmm. What what might you see in caves, Tina, when you're in Slovenia? Yeah, we say that in our Karst region... Karst, K-A-R-S-T. K-A-R-S-T, yes. Our Karst region is so rich with underground world that you see more under the ground than up the ground. There's over 10,000 caves. You can see stalagmites, stalactites. Stalagmites are those that go from the ground and stalactites from the... From the ceiling, right. when they join together, it's a column, uh-huh. and they are just wonderful. They are beautiful. And these are massive caves. Massive I've, I've caves. I've been in caves in Slovenia that are like, yeah. like they're as big as a stadium, yes. and you've got these rivers way down below, and yes. you've got these little walkways way above, yes. and in the distance you see... Uh, a portal and the light is pouring in, yes. and you feel like you're in, in some, you're, you're a, a bit player in some sci-fi movie. Yeah, it, it almost feels like that. And then when you see some of the animals that live in those caves, like the human fish, yeah. which is considered as the little dragon, um, the human fish, human fish, yeah. I've never heard it's of a human <laughs> fish. That makes me a little bit nervous. It's a human fish because of the n- color of the skin. Oh, okay. And it has like legs and arms sticking out of the body, but it's like a gecko. Okay. And he's a, cre- of, a creature and of creature the cave. that lives inside of the cave. Yeah. And uh, above all of that uh, honeycombed uh, subterrain, mm-hmm. you've got vineyards and some very trendy wine. Oh, we do have some really good wine in our country. There's a lot to see in Slovenia. Yes. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Tina Hiti and Sasho Gulub, let's finish our discussion of natural Slovenia just with one special natural experience that you'd think anybody planning a trip to your homeland would want to be sure to enjoy. I'm going to say a hike into Julian Alps. For people who are fit, willing mm-hmm. to invest a certain amount of their time into just this phenomenal views of the hills, I would say a hike into Julian Alps. Julian Alps. Yep. And Tina. And I would probably choose, well, 
same as Sasha Julian Alps, but since I want to go into another zone, Gorishka Burda area is amazing. That's very close to Karst, and it's an area that has rolling hills, looks like Tuscany, beautiful nature, amazing food, and amazing wine. Now, let's make sure people know Gorishka Burda. Burda. G-O-R-I-S-K-A, and then B-R-D-A. Now, I was taught you have to have a a vowel, and this is (laughs) B-R-D-A, and it's two syllables. Where's the vowel? We we tend to be a little lazy with those. (laughs) (laughs) Burda, B-R-D-A. Gorishka Burda, and it's it's just a a beautiful, it's also another wine-growing region. It's a wine-growing region. It's a beekeeping region. It's just, it's beautiful. You got everything you're looking for. Mushrooms? Um, yeah, not, not so much okay, over you got there. your bees, yeah. and you got your wine, yeah. and you got your beautiful Slovenian countryside. Uh, can we finish just with, teach me a, a, a phrase or a Slovenian word that I should know when I'm hiking in those mountains, uh, um, You always, absolutely always have to greet people on the trails. Uh-huh. So I would say dobr dan, dobr which dan. good afternoon dobr would dan. be a phrase dobr. to remember. Good day, good yep. afternoon, good dobr afternoon. dan. Yep. And Tina? And when you, you will be resting in an alpine hut, you'll probably have some schnapps. You need to know how to say cheers. Na zdravje. Ah, I like that. Na zdravje. Na to your zdravje. Health. Is that the same in Russian? Similar, yes. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Na zdravje. Yes. And don't forget to look into people's eyes when you toast with them. Because can, I make it, can I make it a little bit um, yeah. melodramatic? Can I go, na zdravje? You can, yeah. Is that yeah. okay? No or does problem. That, that's not insulting. That's na just zdravje. Getting in over and them. clink glasses and look into people's eyes because they will be offended if you don't. And you'll need to pay for the next round of drinks. Na zdravje. Dobar <laughs> dan. <laughs> Good. Thank you for Thank having you, us. Rick. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. In my latest book, For the Love of Europe, you can savor Europe's most exciting experiences and sights through a hundred of my favorite travel stories. Imagine hanging from an alpine ridge, dancing at a Turkish circumcision party, and swinging with a bell ringer in a medieval church spire. You can order your copy of For the Love of Europe at ricksteves.com.